Well, my name is Ron Cool. I'm one of the pastors here, and again, it's a joy to welcome all of you here, and we just pray that you experience God's presence during our time together, and invite you to stick around after for that cup of coffee, let us say hello, and get to know you in that way as well. Before I get into the sermon, I want to introduce you to somebody who's not actually here, but uh, we had mentioned a couple of weeks ago when we said goodbye to Kevin that we have a new minister of music on the way, and so this is Steve uh, Germany and his family. Uh, Steve is there, obviously, the older one with the beard. That's Steve. Uh, his wife, Krista, without the beard, um, she's there. And then they've got three little kids. I think they're five, four, and three, but I don't know when birthdays are. So Gus on the left there is, I think, five years old. Garrick uh, is the one on the right, and he's four. And then Ruby Claire in the middle is three. And so uh, they've been down in Georgia. They were both born in Florida. Uh, both parents born in Florida have been down in uh, Georgia, just outside of Atlanta, and they're moving up here. Uh, Garrick is adopted from China, and he has a, a, a blood disease, needs to get a transfusion every 21 days. And so part of the challenge is moving up here is getting that schedule all set and so on. So they're not going to be with us till the end of July, uh, first part of August. Uh, and so we want you to be in prayers for them as they get ready and as they transition to being here. Um, also want to say that they don't know anybody in West Michigan, really. Before they came here uh, for interviews and so on, they knew one other family, I think, in the area, uh, maybe two. But they don't know many people around here, so we get to be family to them. We need to welcome them. And in order to help make that transition smooth, in order to help welcome them, part of what we want to do is, is provide some kind of temporary housing for them, um, whether it's an apartment or if one of you is not going to be living in your house, August, September, and so on, for three months, up to six months, something like that. But we'd love to have, uh, if you know of an apartment that's going to be available, just so they can get a feel for the area, just so that they can get a feel for, for where they want to live when they make it more permanent and so on. And so if you have something, please call Andy Pasm at the church office and, and let Andy know, and uh, it'd be great for them to know that uh, the family here is, is preparing uh, just a, a welcome for them. And again, we'll keep you updated as we get closer. Uh, this morning, as we turn our hearts to God, God's Word, as I was thinking about the installation of office bearers, and then at the second service, we got five young people making profession of faith. I, I thought of a, a, a passage that I come to at least once a year, Hebrews 12, 1 to 3, at least once a year, kind of a check-in passage for me. It's one that just talks about following Jesus Christ day to day, and I think it's a really helpful one for those of you who are uh, just installed into these offices, commissioned into these offices. I, I, I challenge you to kind of say, okay, how am I doing in these areas? But for all of us, it just raises some really good questions about living in, in a relationship with Jesus Christ and staying faithful in our daily discipleship. As we start, I want us to recognize that, that I, I hope it's true for all of us. Maybe it's not, but I think for at least most of us who are here this morning who are followers of Jesus Christ, there are times in our Christian life where we experience what we might call mountaintop experiences. All right, Those times when we just know that God is there, when we just experience God's presence, when, when he know, we know that he's with us, when we understand his grace and, and things are going well and and we just celebrate. And, and, and it could be at a, at a worship services. It could be, okay, it might be even during a sermon. Well, maybe at a conference, might be out in nature someplace. But we have those, those mountaintop experiences. We have those times when we just know that our faith is real. And we're so confident. And we're so comfortable in that. And, and those are great experiences, all right? They are wonderful experiences. I hope you have them regularly. But here's something you've got to know. They don't last forever, 
They don't last forever. I think sometimes some of us as Christians say, well, no, I want to just kind of always stay on that mountaintop. I want to just jump from one mountaintop to the next mountaintop. But that's, that's not the way the Christian life works, at least not as I've ever experienced and, and, and not as I read the New Testament, not as I read Scripture and church history. For the most part, you know, there are those wonderful mountaintop experiences, but then there are also those challenges, those difficulties, those, those struggles. I, in fact, as I was thinking about it, I thought, you know, if we had to map out the Christian life, I think in some ways, at least mine, would look kind of like this. You know, we have those, those uh, you know, high points. Maybe those times when we really, first of all, became a Christian and realized this was for us. Maybe from no faith at all. Maybe having been baptized and raised in the church. But I can remember for me, singing, being in Heritage Christian Reformed Church out in Byron Center and singing Amazing Grace. I was in high school. And it just... It was just like God overwhelmed me as we were singing that song. The sermon had just connected, and it was like, yeah, this is me. And it was, it was just this really powerful moment. It was a really good mountaintop experience. We have other ones as, as we go along, as I say. Maybe during a, a worship service, maybe at a conference, maybe a baby is born. Maybe we just see God in nature someplace. We have those mountaintop experiences. We also have these, these valleys. We have these times where, where we wonder if God is is there. We, we know he's there, but we don't feel his presence. We don't seem to hear him. The Psalms are full of times where the psalmist cries out and says, God, where are you? I'm down in this valley here. I'm, I'm in this struggle. Now, I, some of you might be saying, Ron, I, I'd flip this upside down. I have four valleys for every one mountaintop. I don't know. I mean, we, our paths are different and so on. But what I want you to notice about this is not so much the highs in the, in the valleys, the mountaintops and the valleys. What I want you to notice is that the great majority of the Christian life is spent sort of between those things. And what I want, part of what I want to say today is, is that's okay. In fact, that's good. Most of our Christian life is, is not sort of bouncing from one great thing to the next. Most of it is just trying to stay faithful every single day. It's what we might call daily discipleship. It's just doing those things that Jesus calls us to do. It, it's not necessarily exciting. It's good. We know God is there, but it's, it's loving our neighbor even when that neighbor is ornery. It's disciplining our kids when we'd rather just stay on the couch. It's, it's just staying faithful. It's just doing those daily discipleship things. And for the most part, that's, that's where a lot of us live most of our Christian lives. We're not always way up or way down. We enjoy those times of up. We endure those times of down. But for most of us, following Jesus Christ is day by day striving to become more like Jesus and, and kind of stay in there. Now, you can see I, I had him rise up a little bit. Hopefully over the course of our lives, we're growing more and more like Christ. And we're experiencing more of that. But for the, a lot of those times, and that's good. It, it's what we might call daily discipleship or to borrow the phrase from Hebrews 12, verse 1. It's what we might call running with perseverance, Okay. Walking with perseverance, running with perseverance. It's, it's just being faithful day after day and following Jesus Christ. Here's Hebrews 12, verse 1. This is what the author writes. He says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, and Daniel talked about that last week, we'll come back to that, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance, all right? Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. The, the author here, again, is not saying, you know, let's jump from great thing to great thing. He's saying we run with perseverance. And in some ways, that word in, in the Greek could also be, it could be translated in some ways, a dogged determination. 
It might be a little more negative than as I, as I thought about it more through the week. I, I, I want to say it's not just determination hanging in there. It's all tough and I got to just do this. No, but it's, it's just doing my job day in and day out. It's just serving Jesus day in and day out. It's paying attention to Jesus. It's experiencing his grace. It's going to worship. It's doing devotions and it's serving all those things that we're called to do. It, 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 it's doing that with a determination, with an endurance, with a perseverance. And, and that's what we're called to do. Those of you who, who are, again, up here to, you know, you might say, well, I hope the next three years are all mountaintops. They're not going to be. But it's going to be a lot of just faithful day in and day out serving of Jesus, praying for people. So we are called to run with perseverance. The question that I want to ask with the time that we have left here is this. All right, how do we do that? <laughs> how do we run with perseverance? How do we run with endurance? How do we stay faithful in those level places? How do we, how do we make sure we're continuing to move forward? It's, it's relatively easy to be on the mountaintop, right? <laughs> I mean, when everything's going well, it's relatively easy. And in the valley, we just cling to, to remember what God has done, and we hold on to the faith and so on. But how do we do it in the, in the, in the even places, in the daily disciple places? And, and as we look at these first three verses of Hebrews 12, there are just three things. And each one, like I say, is for me a little check-in place. A little check-in place of, of saying, how am I doing this? Am I remembering to do this? First one that we've got to do is this. We've got to remember the heroes, all right? Remember the heroes. Again, to the text, 12 verse 1. Therefore, he says, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, we are surrounded by heroes then let us run, okay? So we're surrounded by these great cloud of witnesses. Interesting image that, that Paul, or the author of this letter, gives us here. Um, that, that, that the image is that, that we're on the racetrack, and in some ways it's cross-country, okay? Um, I've watched that before. Uh, sometimes it's cross-country. And, and, and there are people either in stands or just along the side of the path. And what he's saying is that as we're running... As we're making our way down the path, there are people around us, a great cloud of witnesses who are there, and they're cheering us on, and they're encouraging us, and they're saying you can make it, and, and, and they're showing us where they failed, and they're showing us what to watch out for, and they're showing us where they experienced God's presence, and they're encouraging us, and they're, they're pushing us forward. And, and, and so what the author of this letter wants us to do is, is to remember those heroes, Sometimes we tend to run the race and we tend to think it's just us, that it's a solo course and we're out there, out by ourselves in the middle of wherever we are and it doesn't matter what anybody else is doing. It doesn't matter where anybody else is. That's not the race. We are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, all right? So remember the heroes. One of the reasons I think this is really important and, and, and I want to just, this is true for me. I think it's probably true for most of us in our faith lives. Um, I, I know it is with the young people who are making profession of faith. I talk to them very specifically about this. But here's something that I, I really believe is true, and that is that we learn a great deal of the Christian life by watching other Christians. I mean, the Apostle Paul in places will say, follow me as I follow Christ. The, the fact of the matter is we don't, we don't learn to do many things just out of books. Okay. Now, I believe the Bible is the word of God, and I believe this has authority, and it's got ultimate truth in it, and so on. I, I, I believe that this is the only thing that really has authority in our lives. But I need this book to come alive. If I'm going to learn to do something, I need this book to come alive. Again, we don't learn, most of us don't learn how to cook by just reading a cookbook. We don't learn how to fix a car by just reading a book, right? We watch somebody change the oil. We watch somebody do this. We watch somebody do this. And, 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 and it's in watching that, in watching them live it out, that, that we then learn to do that. And, and part of what we do when we remember the heroes is we look at people around us. And we say, how did they do following Jesus Christ? For each one of the young people who are going to make profession at the next service, I asked them, I said, who have been the people 
who you've been watching, and they named parents, moms, and dads, and grandpas, and grandmas, and, and coaches, and teachers, and other people, youth leaders, and so on. They said, these are the people. These are the people who made it real for me. These, and, and one of the things I want, I asked the question because I want to say, keep having those people. Because I still have those people. I have those people that I'm looking at that are helping me to learn what it looks like to follow Jesus Christ, all right? We, we, we learn a great deal of the Christian life, not just through the book, but through the book lived out by other people. And, and, and it's a great exercise for you to write, not to say, okay, who am I thinking about? Who, who am I learning from? Who are my heroes in the faith? We can look at a number of places. Obviously, uh, the author of this letter would drive us back to Hebrews chapter 11 that Daniel looked at last week where we learned about, you know, Abel and, and his worshiping God by faith and about Enoch who walked with God by faith and, and Noah who worked with God by faith and, and Abraham who lived and was the father of faith. And, and you can go through the rest of that chapter and read all about God's, God's people who were faithful in the midst of challenges. And, and, and you just read that. And, and again, it, the stories of the scriptures are not just stories of success. <laughs> the heroes, the great clouds of witnesses are those who have run their journey or have been faithful through our part of that journey. But they are there. They've had times where they've blown it. And part of what they want to say is, I, I did that wrong there, so don't do that. But you think about those folks from chapter 11. Read through that chapter and pick out some of those heroes and study their lives. I mean, what a great exercise to study their lives. The rest of the Bible, we get into the New Testament. We've got Peter, James, John, Paul, Barnabas, right? The son of encouragement. Lydia, Mary, Magdalene. All these different people to find heroes of the faith in the pages of Scripture. And to remember them and to study them and to see how they lived out their faith. We can go through church history. I mean, you think about the stories of of people like John Calvin and Martin Luther and Augustine and, and, and others. More recently, I, I think about Jim Elliott. Some of you are aware of his story. I mean, he, he, in, in 1952, he decided that God called him to missions. He went down to Ecuador to, to the Aka Indians, and he and four other guys, just these, these were cannibals, and they went down. They said, God, we're going to just trust that you'll take care of us, but if not, we just want to bring your love. And in 1956, they were all killed. And their spouses went down and they loved those people. And, and, and the gospel took root. One of the things Jim Elliott said that, I will, uh, that just always sticks with me, and, and this is just, you know, these kind of things are encouraging for me and maybe for you about remembering the heroes. But Jim Elliott said, He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. All right? He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep in order to gain what he cannot lose. You know, all this stuff that we worry so much about keeping can't keep it it's all gonna go away it's all gonna break but what i cannot lose is is what is done in the name of jesus christ and his love for me and experiencing that and 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 look around at saints today i i mean the fact again these young people talked about that how moms and dads are just and grandpas and grandmas and, and so on are just the people who make that faith real those people who live it out and 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 who you know, again, so many of you, I, I, when I get to see you serving Jesus in so many different ways, it is such an encouragement. So we remember the heroes, all right? Ask yourself, who are you, who are you thinking about? Who are you? Again, I think it's just fascinating, the secular world, and, and not everybody in the secular world, obviously, but, but, you know, I mean, you look at some of these, you know, people magazines and so on, and the ones that are crazier than that, because I want to know all about the life of the stars, right? I want to know all about what this person's life is like. I want to know, okay, for those of you guys who are going, yeah, I don't do that. Well, ESPN, 30 for 30, whatever it is, right? I want to know what's going on in this guy's life. What's LeBron like? I want to know, because I want to be, right? What if we had the same passion 
for the heroes of the faith? What if we had that same drive? Remember the heroes, okay? Remember those who have gone before us. That's the first thing we've got to do. The second thing um, that we've got to do as, as we run. And, and again, these are ongoing activities. These are not just things that we do once and then we're done. But the second thing we've got to do is we've got to get rid of what gets in the way, all right? We have got to get rid of what gets in the way. The image here is, again, that cross-country runner, that track runner, doesn't run in their warm-ups, right? Again, I've seen this. Um, I'm never. The running thing is just odd, but anyway. Um, <laughs> See, if Ron was Paul, it would be like walk with perseverance and take frequent rests. But I'm glad. I, see, that's why Paul was Paul and Ron's Ron. But, you know, when you're going to run a race, you take off your warm-ups, right? You, you, you know, those of you who have seen or have been part of competitive swimming, I mean, they shave their hair, they shave their arms, shave their legs because they won't want anything to get in the way, right? When you're in a race, you want to get rid of anything that's going to slow you down. And, and that's what Paul, the author of this letter here is saying, that, 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 that anything that gets in the way. We want to get rid of it. We want to remove it, anything that hinders. Here's, again, back to verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us throw off, again, get rid of it, everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Two things that are mentioned there, all right? And I think both of them have something to say to us. The first one is this, everything that hinders. To get rid of everything that hinders. I think what the author here has in mind is this, that it's, it, it's not stuff that's necessarily wrong, okay? He's going to talk about the sin next. But, but this is stuff, it's not necessarily wrong. Um, it, it's stuff that maybe is a good gift, but that starts to become a distraction to us, okay? It starts to get in the way for us. There are plenty of things, and, and you can think of examples. And again, really good thing for us to ask ourselves about Say, what about the hindrances in my life? Are they becoming distractions? Think about sports again to pick up that, that area. No problem playing sports. If you love golf, enjoy it. It's a gift from God. You like watching it on TV, that's fine. But you've got to ask yourself, is it becoming so central in your life that it's a distraction from following Jesus Christ? Is it a distraction from following Jesus Christ? you got a hobby of woodworking. That's great. Enjoy it. God called us to, called us to be creative. But, but are you spending so much time, so much money, so much energy on that, that it's becoming a hindrance, that you're not able to serve Jesus the way you ought to, that you're not able to do what God is calling you to do. You don't have the resources to give what God is calling you to give because you're so busy with this other stuff. Think about alcohol. You know what? I don't mind if you have a drink at all. The Bible makes it clear that that can be a gift from God. But I think we've got to be really careful because that can just become a hindrance. We start just doing too much of that, friends, and it's a problem. The Bible calls us very clearly in moderation. But, but it's not necessarily a sin to have a drink, but when we start to get drunk, when we start to have those things going on and it starts to dominate our life, I mean, we've got to just get rid of it. Some of us would be better off saying, I'm done with it. I'll just be honest with you. Some of us need to think about saying, I'm done with alcohol, or I'm changing my hobby, or I'm not going to watch as much sports, or I'm not going to go shopping as often. It, not because these things are all sinful. Just say, it's getting in the way. I, I don't have the energy I want. I don't have the time that we want. These are the things that, that take up too much. They take up too much of our time, too much of our money, too much of our energy. And, and, and so we get rid of everything that hinders us. We want to think about those things but also the sin that so easily entangles us. I, I think one of the biggest lies that the devil's teaches, devil teaches us over and over again is that, is that sin really doesn't hurt us. Yeah, it's wrong, and it hurts God, and so we have to confess it, but it really doesn't do much damage to us. Friends, it entangles us. It trips us up. It's like vines, if, again, if you're running through the woods, it's like these vines, and you just can't move anymore. 
You may think, and that's again, that's why the devil wants us to think, is that, oh, I can do this. It's just between, you know, me and nobody else knows I'm doing this. It's not a bad thing, and it doesn't really make a difference in my life. I guarantee you this, there is no sin you can commit that does not slow you down from following Jesus Christ. There is no sin you can commit that will not trip you up eventually. You may not even be aware of it that you've fallen on your face. You may feel like you're still running flat out. But we've got to just ask ourselves, is there anything that's creeping into my life? And again, I know we all sin. I know we do that, and there's grace. But, but the author of this letter just says, you know what, man, I want to run for Jesus. I want to run with perseverance. I want to make a difference for his kingdom. I want to have a, a deep Im- maximum impact. So I'm going to get rid of anything that hinders and everything, everything that, that so easily entangles, the, the, the things that are clearly wrong, that they, they trip us up, all right? So, remember the heroes. Who, who, who are you thinking about there? Who, who's, who are some of your heroes in this day, from the scriptures, from church history? Remember the heroes. And, and, and then are there things you just got to walk away from? Do you need to get rid of things that are getting in the way? And then the last one, the most important one, what we're called to fix our eyes on Jesus. To fix our eyes on Jesus. Runners don't run and look at their own feet, all right? Runners don't just look at their own feet. They don't look at their own selves, how they're doing. They're looking ahead. They're looking at something's ahead of them. And the most important thing, yes, heroes are important, but Jesus is, is the ultimate hero. Jesus is the ultimate one that we need to keep our eyes on Jesus. We need to keep our eyes focused on him. Again, back to verse 1, and then this gets into verse 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And then the beginning, verse 2, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus himself, when he was on the cross, was also looking ahead. He was looking ahead to the lives that he would be bringing to, to new life, to the forgiveness that he would be earning, to the, to the gifts that he would be giving out. Jesus endured the cross, how? By, by looking ahead, by scorning its shame, and, 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 and sat down for the joy set before him, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. To keep our eyes on Jesus. To keep our eyes on Jesus. Again, we we have two things here that that the author of this letter is talking about. First, he says Jesus is the pioneer of our faith. He's the trailblazer, all right? And again, if you think about it, what it is, now we're more in the jungle, okay? And, And you think about somebody with a machete who's there in front and is just going through these things and cutting them down. We can't make our way through the jungle. That's what total depravity is all about. We're sinful. We're lost in the jungle. We cannot make our way through it. But Jesus has done it. That's why his life matters. He is the pioneer. He shows us what it means to be fully alive in God. He shows us what it means to be fully human when he was here on earth. And so Jesus is there, and he's, and he's clearing out the path. And so we keep our eyes on him so that we don't take a different path. Because there's no other path that gets through. So we want to keep our eyes on Jesus because he's the pioneer. He's the trailblazer. He's the one who shows us what it is. And, and even, I think, as, as we think about getting older and facing death, and, and again, a number of us have lost loved ones, to say, Jesus, you know, he, 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 on the night before he was betrayed, he spent that time in prayer, and then he just put himself in God's hands. And, and it's scary, and, and he was nervous enough to sweat great drops of blood. Think about it, you know, he just, when he got done with that, he was just saying, okay, God, I'm in your hands, and now let's go. 
And so we keep our eyes on Jesus because he is the pioneer of our faith, but he's also the perfecter of our faith. Ultimately, my faith is not because of my work. It's because of what Jesus Christ does. It's Jesus is the one who not only blazes the trail, but then he's the perfecter. He's the finisher. He's the one who carries me along. He's the one who reaches back, and he gives me that strength. And so I keep my eyes on him, and I reach out to him, and he takes my hand, and he pulls me along. It is Jesus Christ who needs to be at the center of everything. This, this singing in Christ alone, that song is so powerful because it is so right on that it is in Christ and in Christ alone that we find new life. So how do we run with perseverance? Remember the heroes. Get rid of what gets in the way and keep our eyes on Jesus. For those of you who were uh, installed and commissioned into these offices, I, I, I say to do those things. For each and every one of us as we follow Jesus Christ, I say to do these things. And, and for all of us, the challenge uh, of Hebrews 12 is to run your race well for each and every one of us to stay faithful, to enjoy those mountaintops, to endure those valleys, but to every single day of daily discipleship, to remember the heroes, to get rid of what gets in the way, and to keep our eyes on Jesus. And we'll get there by God's amazing grace. Let's pray together. Father, it's good for us to have a checkup. In some ways, Many of us can kind of say, well, I, I kind of know those things already. Father, send your spirit to convict us how we might live them out. Thank you for your amazing grace that calls us to you. Thank you for, for the amazing grace that forgives all of our sins and, and for Jesus being the pioneer, the trailblazer who, who broke through where we could not and also the perfecter, the one who carries us on. But help us, Lord, to be faithful day in and day out. You know, we're all going to have hassles this week. Some of us at home with family things. Some of us at work with people in relationships there. Some of us at school. We're all going to have hassles. Help us to keep our eyes on Jesus so that we might indeed be faithful followers of him. We pray this in his name. Amen. We please stand to receive God's parting word of benediction. Again, following our service, there are going to be some folks from Hillside in the prayer room there to my right, to your left. If you'd like to talk to somebody or pray with somebody, they will be happy to meet you there. People of God, as we go from this place, know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ goes with each and every one of us, and may we run the race well. Go in God's grace. Amen.